Hello and welcome to the Persephone program. Lucky 13. Um, hi, I have been away for a while contemplating all of the excitement that has happened in between the intense Pisces full moon of September and my retreat experience and the super intense Aries full moon of last week. And there's been a lot of changes that have actually happened in my life and many of them kind of without my own participation, if that makes sense. Um, I have essentially kind of, um, I guess I've been a bit at the mercy of lots of different energies that were kind of like swirling around me. So not that I felt that in any way I participated in most of the circumstances, I obviously, you know, had to respond to them. But anyway, I'll tell you more later. This is, I'm calling this episode Full Moon Fever because I want to talk about the full moons and how they affect people and the kinds of things that happen during full moons um, and other lunations, but especially about full moons. Now, eclipses are actually super full moons and new moons. So the solar eclipse happens on a new moon um, and the lunar eclipse happens on a full moon. So they basically uh, supercharge the general energy of the lunation, whatever that may be. And typically when we have eclipses and also full moons or even new moons that are heavily aspected by the planets in our solar system, we'll have some really strong external manifestation of the archetypal energy around the lunation. So just to give you an example, um, I'm going to sort of first frame the idea of that. Remember in astrology, the moon represents our instinctual response to life, our first instinctual response to life. And it is represented by our mother, it is represented by how we feel about uh, our response to basically like getting our needs met and our general sort of underlying response to kind of survival. So, you know, um, your moon has a lot to do with your relationships with other people but not like Venus. Venus is how you kind of interact with them, but the moon is how you respond to life instinctually. So when you have, say, a full moon energy, uh, we're talking about your, almost kind of like your survival needs or your instinctual needs. Those can get really highlighted. And especially if the lunation, that is the full moon, is an aspect to any of your personal planets or the angles of your chart, which are your ascendant, your descendant, so your first and seventh house, your IC, the Imam Koli, the fourth house that represents where you come from, and your MC, which is the very top of your chart, your midheaven. 
So if the lunation hits those, any of those points, any of your personal planets, any of the angles of your chart, also it activates that area of life. So it's almost kind of like, you know, I, I call myself a cosmic weather reporter because it's almost as if you can predict that these areas of life will be affected by the energy of the lunation, okay? So the moon represents in many ways, like I said, your your mother, um, or it can represent your mother. And what's very interesting is that this last full moon, which was in Aries at 21 degrees, close to 22, uh, was conjunct, that is at the same degree or within six degrees of my IC, uh, and also the sun at that time was conjunct my MC, the IC-MC axis, which is the axis of your parents. So many astrologers argue about in astrology what house represents your mother and what house represents your father. But often the very top of your chart, your midheaven or your 10th house can represent your most visible parent. Okay. That is the parent that played the biggest role in your life. And your IC is the more invisible parent. All planets and houses underneath the horizon level um, are underneath, so to speak. Anyway, I had my full moon right on uh, the MCIC axis and I had um, an Aries. And what happened at the full moon was that I had two things happen. This last one was that I got into a very bizarre fight with my partner um, where he kind of had like an outburst um, which is very much the moon in Aries, Aries being uh, the sign ruled by Mars, very action-oriented. Um, I wrote quite a bit about it. If you haven't read the last full moon report, check it out. But um, Aries act out. It's the first cardinal sign. Aries always acts out. So at a full moon in Aries, you may have seen yourself or other people act out. So I had that happen, and then I found out that my mother has pancreatic cancer. So those two things really both sort of hit me for a loop and they happened, you know, within days of each other and essentially right at the full moon. And I have been observing astrology and the moons for a long time. And I always feel like when I am around a contentious full moon that it's kind of like a minefield energetically and I truly try and pull in my energy and protect my energy so that I don't get, you know, bitch slapped by it, <laughs> but I still do every goddamn time. So um, it's almost like you can't avoid the need for these types of energies to release. And I find that to be true, but if you can gain some awareness of what's happening around your full moons, then at least you have some measure of control in regards to your response. Remember, the moon is your instinctual response. And when there is a strong full moon, and you know, again, this doesn't affect everyone the same. No matter what, when I talk about what we call mundane astrology, meaning like what's happening for everyone on earth right now, mundane meaning every day, you know, 
not your natal chart, it's going to affect people differently. It depends on, like I said earlier, is it hitting any of your personal planets? Is it hitting the angles of your chart? Do you have uh, planets in aspect, direct aspect to the lunation? Uh, I have... I have friends right now that are not really being affected by the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, by, you know, that the last, you know, full moon in Aries that don't have cardinal planets, that don't have planets that are in harsh or difficult degree to it. So they're having a better time. They're having a good time. So it's not for everyone. So it's really important if you are going to take a look at astrology and learn to be a somewhat predictive astrologer, that is to look at the current position of the planets and how it affects your chart, other people's charts, things like that, then, you know, you really need to be aware of the fact that, you know, the energies affect people differently, you know? Um, so, you know, some people are going to be happy about a rainstorm. Other people are going to be miserable about it. So anyway, uh, the full moon in Aries was really, really intense for me. And um, in fact, the last two full moons have been very important. And I really feel like, especially uh, now that we're in Libra season and we're moving very quickly out of it, but that the things that are happening now, and again, if you have planets in the cardinal signs of Aries, Cancer, Libra, or Capricorn, you are, and I'm talking about your sun, your moon, angles of your chart, um, personal planets, you are going to see a, uh, a lead up of things and themes that you're going through right now that are going to really culminate in January of this, this coming January of 2020. So for instance, some of the themes in my life, um, you know, personal relationships and, uh, obviously my mother and her health, uh, I feel like we'll have a really strong culminating energetic manifestation in January. So this isn't an easy time. I don't want to mince words because not only do we have this really kind of like almost brutal force of the Terminator planets, and I also want to uh, also want to mention that you know Cancer and Capricorn um, and Capricorn in general often represents the family, a family structure, uh, an authoritative parent, the parental structure. So your ICMC is very much the parental structure in your own chart, but also out in the world right now and having Saturn and Pluto uh, and then Jupiter coming up in Capricorn is definitely going to affect authoritative and parental structures structures in all of our lives. Okay. Not just those of us that have the cardinal planets on uh, in our charts, but so there's something changing, something that needs to go, something that needs to be both annihilated and rebuilt at the same time. Because remember, all of life is always in a cyclical process of dying and being reborn and transforming, transforming, transforming all the time. Um, and that includes, you know, our own physical lives and the lives of and structures of entities such as businesses, you know, organizations, governments, um, any kind of structure, everything in 
our reality in our, you know, is always and needs to be in the process of transformation. So we have to accept that inevitable change, that inevitable death, the cyclical, you know, turn of the wheel. And so look to your chart and see where the Saturn-Pluto conjunction is. Okay, back to the full moons. So every freaking full moon is different, obviously. But for me, being a moon and cancer person, every full moon is really telling. Um, I have for many, many years had my menstrual cycle on the full moon. Um, I have a heightened uh, emotional sensitivity on the full moons and I see it around me. And so just having that observance of it is really important. Now, I know that a lot of you guys do ceremony around the major lunations, the new moon and the full moon. And the full moon is often about releasing. Um, and so you'll see it's like the energy builds up from the new moon, almost kind of like the filling of a balloon. And it sort of pops, you know, at the end of the full moon. It's like everything come out, you know, and so then you have to deal with them. And, um, so having that observance of the energy is really key because that way you can maybe not take it personally. Okay. And also understand that it's happening for a reason and that you can sort of just navigate your way around it a little better. As my mother always says, forewarned is forearmed. So the idea here is just to have some awareness of the correspondence of the full moon if you are, say, taken off guard or, you know, pushed off your, you know, uh, serene and balanced, you know, uh, conscious state. So every full moon is always going to be a release, always, always, always a release of energy. And so it is a good time to create some magic and it's definitely a good time to connect deeply with yourself, but it isn't necessarily the time to plant seeds, you know, which is something that you happen at the full moon, you know, and, um, you know, you can, you can utilize all of the, the strong lunations because the ideas of, you know, planting seeds at the full moon, the first quarter moon, which is a week after the full moon, is when you'll get your first kind of call to action. Maybe you're going to plant your seed at the full moon. You're going to water it at the first quarter moon. You're going to take action. Um, you know, uh, a week later, obviously, there is a full moon. And then the week after that, which would be the first quarter waning moon, you're also going to take action perhaps on, and maybe that'll be a little bit more internal because the, the moon is waning, which is which means it is becoming smaller, uh, which means that you may have uh, the time period where you become introspective and withdrawn a little bit so that you begin to take action on, you know, the shit that happened on the full moon and come to some kind of a conclusion about it. So that's something that can happen at the waiting moon. And then you've got your new moon. So it's, it's, it's actually really good to, you know, get a log and begin to just become aware of it because you, you know, almost always you, you're perhaps a little bit agitated or a little bit extra at the full moon. Um, and it takes about a week sometimes to process it. I know it has for me. So, um, 
I'm processing and taking action now, you know, a week after the full moon at the first quarter waning. So in astrology, the moon represents our unconscious self. It is the self that is almost first developed when we are in utero and it represents symbolically the mother and it is how we often address getting our needs met. And in astrology, the sun is our, our solar consciousness is, you know, essentially the capacity to create. It's kind of like the divine child in, you know, the, the last card of the tarot, the universe that is, or the divine child in the sun in the tarot deck as well. It embodies everything we have yet to become, but that which isn't really developed or crystallized, which is represented by Saturn. It's kind of our solar blueprint. I always call it, call it like the archetype of the themes that we are going to focus on in our life. But the moon is how we will respond to the themes that we're focusing on you. Because um, the moon is about merging and intimacy and what happens when we get close to someone. And the moon is, again, like such an important kind of uh, relationship, uh, you know, with ourselves and with other people. So when the mundane lunations happen, when the transiting moon changes, you know, uh, we almost kind of get triggered and it has something to do with the first relationship we've ever had in our life with our mother. So we'll find themes coming up uh, around that at the full moons. So the full moons obviously represent themes carried by the lunation. This last full moon was a moon in Aries. So it was it was very Aryan for me. It was a bit combative. It um, required response. It required a call to action. Aries is a fire-oriented cardinal sign. So um, energies were a bit fiery. We had to, we had to take steps. Um, and because it was aspected by Saturn and Pluto, there were some really difficult things that came up, some really harsh things that came up. Uh, so anytime the moon is in Aries, there's a real call to action. Now, again, you want to look at the aspects to other planets, you know, um, because, you know, any the, every full moon in Aries is a little bit different. This one happened to have major aspects to Saturn and Pluto, the Terminators. So there were a lot of both the themes of, of termination, uh, you know, coming up. And I think that that was true in general for many people, um, especially, again, those of us that have a lot of cardinal points. So a moon in Aries is always going to be a call to action. A moon in Taurus is going to be where you're going to want to relax and you're going to want to be become more sensual. You're going to, you know, perhaps want to eat nice foods and, and, and indulge your sensual self. You're going to be more concerned with the themes of survival and money and things like that. 
with the moon in Gemini, it's going to be communicative. You're going to want to make connections, ask questions to learn and to grow. It's definitely more lively as Gemini is an air sign. You're going to want to interact with people. Um, you know, a moon in uh, Cancer, uh, you're very family oriented, although it is still a take action um, sign. You know, the moon, Cancer, uh, the moon rules Cancer, and Cancer is ruled by the moon. So, uh, a moon in Cancer is always a bit of an emotional time and a time like when I look, because I have a moon in Cancer too, every time the moon's in Cancer, I'm like, oh, I know I'm going to be extra emo. And I also take the time to allow myself to indulge in, say, you know, eating really well, you know, nourishing myself, doing things that I know will be nourishing to my Cancer moon. And then when the moon's in Leo, it's time to party. And people, because it's a fire sign too, people can be kind of clashy, you know, but um, also fun. Definitely a good time for a party. A moon in Virgo is a good time to clean up after the party, to organize, to discipline yourself, to make lists, to, uh, to plant, to take care of your body. Um, and a moon in Libra is a wonderful time for relationships because it's an air sign to talk, to mediate, to balance. Uh, moon in Scorpio is a great time to investigate, to scry, to do ritual. And I am going to have a new moon in Scorpio uh, ceremony where we're going to do all those things. Um, it's a sexy time. It's a time for going and creating intimacy with yourself and others and with the unseen world. A moon in Sagittarius, back to the party time. It's a wonderful time to party, to travel, to uh, expand your consciousness. Uh, and the moon in Capricorn is a wonderful time to set goals, to uh, discipline yourself, to sign up for... Um, also to sign up for a educational course or to get a new job, to update your resume. Moon in Aquarius is a wonderful time to volunteer, to go out in your community and to learn new things, to bring your own talents and gifts to others. And the moon in Pisces, like the other water signs, is a good time to go within, to create spiritual work that, love, that you love, to be creative, to listen to music. So, you know, you can go through the whole zodiac and understanding too that the full moons and the eclipses in those signs will even further develop the energy, archetypal energies along those lines. So, you know, take a look at the moons because they're really, really, really important and they affect everybody. Um, and especially if you know your chart, I hope you do if you're listening to this. And if you don't, you know, give me a call. I'm also doing a new, brand new course, Understanding Astrology 101. So you can understand your chart. So you might want to try uh, that. It's four weeks for only $44, $11 per lesson, and you are going to learn how to read a chart. I'm going to try and shorthand to you everything that I've learned over the course of over 35 years of study. It'll be really fun. Um, and I hope that you want to check it out. But um, so back to me, I had contemplated not doing this podcast because for various reasons, um, but this podcast is for me and also for me to share with you what I have learned and what has helped me. So I am not trying to do this to be 
any kind of, obviously, you know, this kind of boring content. And I'm not particularly entertaining, so I'm not trying to be an entertainer. I'm not trying to be a celebrity. I am simply, I am dedicated to sharing what I have learned to get through life because life just fucking isn't easy, is it? And for some of us, maybe it's a little bit easier than others. And we've had really easy times and we've had hard times, whatever. But I want to share with you everything that I've learned and especially especially, especially now it's even more urgent because my mother is sick. Um, and I don't know how sick she is, but as you guys know, if you've listened to this before, you know, she was my first spiritual teacher and it was very, and just so you know, it wasn't about power. It wasn't about knowing and gaining that knowledge and hoarding it. You know, whether it is, you know, the secret occult hidden knowledge of these, gifts that we have been given, you know, to sort of divine into our consciousness. This is about spiritual growth. This is about navigating our way through the mystery. And I want to share that with you. So, um, that's what this is all about, because I think that if you have, um, you know, if you are self-identifying as a, you know, as a healer or, you know, a psychic or a medium, or you care about, becoming conscious and aware. This is a spiritual path. It is individual. It represents your own connection to the divine. It is not about gathering power in the world and having power over other people. It is not about judging other people. It is not about um, deciding who is right and who is wrong. It is about you, each one of you, and me too, Developing our own way of navigating through the world and knowing that we are not just cast adrift, so to speak, on this ocean, you know, of consciousness with nothing. There are tools. Astrology is one of them. And I want to share that because it is available to everyone, as is intuition too. Some of us have been born with deeper, easier ways of accessing that than others. But each one of you have it. And you can learn to develop your own connection to the divine, your own spiritual path. And sometimes, you know, the first step is just through self-awareness. And that's why I love to share this astrology with everyone. And sometimes the first step is just becoming aware of the moon. You know, moon watching, moon ceremonies, gateway drug into actually working on a spiritual practice. And, um, you know, so that's, that's kind of like how I feel about it. And uh, I hope that if you have any questions that you write to me, that you respond, and that you learn a little bit about yourself through just seeing how you are through the full moon fevers, the new moons, the full moons. How are you feeling? What's happening? Looking at your chart and seeing, wow, I can predict this stuff. You know, it really, really helps. And then going within to find out what am I learning? What lessons am I learning? The themes of each lunation can tell you. Looking at where it falls in your astrological chart can tell you, ooh, it's along these lines. Here's some of my lessons. Again, you don't have to figure it all out yourself, so to speak. There's, there's tools. 
You know, they're, they're wonderful mirrors, whether you use astrology, tarot, the I Ching, the runes, you know, what have you. There are these tools that allow us to find out more and they're there for you. So I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you want to learn. Let me know um, how you are. I'm going to continue to do this. I'm going to try and do it as much as possible, even though I have a puppy that is literally right now as we speak, you know, barking and jumping at his gate. Um, I'm going to try and keep doing this because I really am compelled to share. I'm compelled to share in the same way. I'm looking out the window right now and I see a car pull up in front of my house and a bunch of people get out with their Bibles and I guess they're Jehovah's Witnesses that are ringing doorbells. So hopefully they won't ring my doorbell. But I mean, they're compelled to share their good news. So it's kind of similar, isn't it? So I'm not going to get mad if they do, you know, ring my doorbell. And if they do and they look into my house, they might get a little bit frightened and run away. <laughs> because I Let's just say there's like a lot of like metaphysical and shit around, you know, there's skulls and day of the dead heads and stuff like that. Um, but pentacles anyway, thanks for listening. I babbled. I wasn't too cohesive, but at least I got it down and I'm going to try and get into a pattern every week of just sharing with you. So take a look at the moon. What's going on? How do you feel? You know, what's happening? Um, where is it affecting your chart? What happened during the last full moon in Aries? Were you affected by it? You know, I mean, take a look at that. And you might want to write that in your journal. You might want to decide, uh, wow, I'm going to start to begin to see, you know, to predict it in advance and see what area is, you know, being affected in my astrological chart by the moon. It's very, very helpful. It really helps me. So I hope that it helps you too. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day. Hey, it's 11.11 here in the Pacific and it's a perfect time to end my podcast. And uh, again, sending you the brightest blessings. <laughs>